Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast. I'm Gary. And I'm Sandra. And together we are the Cocktail Lovers. Indeed, we're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we're going to be talking about cocktails. We are indeed. And we're going to be talking about products. We're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think you'll love too. We're also going to be checking in with some of the best drinks industry people around the world and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. Indeed, we like to think of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail-wise. This week, three is the magic number. It certainly is, and that is because we are going to be looking at three new rums from Young and Wolf. And three sexy new show shoes. Yeah, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> sexy new show shoes from Shingo Gokan. Well said. Well said. <laughs> um, I'm glad you did that bit. And we're going to be diving into a fabulous book called Sip, which is a cocktail book featuring 100 gin recipes. Yes, 100 gin recipes using just three ingredients. And lastly, we'll be checking in with the three head honchos at the Connaught Bar in London, getting their tips on how to make the perfect dry martini Mm -mm. but before we get to dry martinis why don't we kick off by making ourselves a cocktail at home because after all we are the cocktail lovers and we must use three ingredients but of course right today we are going to have a negroni Yay. <laughs> and just to say up front, we're doing ours slightly differently because quite usually, in fact, it's a, a drink that you build in a glass, a rocks glass with some ice. We came across this variation a few years ago in the bar where it's stirred over ice, rather like a dry martini, and then poured. And we kind of liked that version. We tried it at home and it's become our go-to version of a Negroni at home ever since. So that's how we're making it today. Also, I love the way that it's served in the Nick and Nora glasses. There's yeah. something really nice and elegant about that. Well, they do look really elegant. We've got them. You can't see them. They look, But they're chilling away. We've got some water and ice in them. They're chilling away in anticipation. First up, we are starting with our gin. So I'm making double measures. So this is for Sandra and I. So it would normally be 25 mil of each ingredient. So I'm doubling that up to 50 mil. So we're starting off with our Tanqueray gin, 50 mil of that. That's going into our mixing glass, followed by Campari, of course, and another 50 mil. I like this because it's so easy to remember the measurements because it's one of the easiest cocktails to make in a way but even so saying that people do you can get it wrong can't you yeah absolutely but hopefully not on this occasion (laughs) but what tips have you got some tips on how to get it right uh well let's see as we go um i'm just putting in my last ingredient here 50 mil of martini sweet vermouth all the classic ingredients so they're all in, and in our mixing glass, we've got some ice. As I say, we're doing this kind of martini style, so plenty of ice. There we go. That's looking good. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose in terms of tips, I guess it's the same thing 
we always would say about stirred drinks. And I think this is something we've learned the hard way along the years. It's sometimes the temptation is to not stir any stirred drink enough. So you either don't get it cold enough, you don't get it diluted enough. So I think we've learned over the years to sort of just stir it and then stir it a little bit longer. And as I'm doing now, hang on, having a little taste. Yeah, and in this instance, I would say that certainly needs a, a little bit more mixing. So also, patience. because it is, it is such a bitter drink, so I suppose it does benefit from a little longer stirring. And I think that's the reason we... Uh, like this sort of stirred down version because I uh, rather like a, a dry martini you get it to the sort of exact format that you like the state that you like so you keep stirring tasting and then you kind of get to that point thinking, oh yeah this is exactly as I want it I can then pour it off and I know it's not gonna dilute any further and you know some people might like that aspect in a when it's built in a glass and it's great but I kind of we personally like this version of you've got it and I'm having another taste. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's Perfect. that's that is working. All right. Looking so, forward to mine. Yeah. Um, I'm just pouring off the. This is the ice and the water in our chilling Nicanora glasses. Just getting rid of that. The glasses look nice and cold. So I'm just gonna pour this out. See, you're, you're, unfortunately, you can't see my pouring technique, which is <laughs> absolutely excellent. A joy to behold. <laughs> yeah, that's the great thing about audio. Right, there we go. Also, if you don't know what um, Nick and Nora glasses are, because we're just saying it like everybody does, you can have a look on our website. Um, they're, they're beautiful glasses. They look almost like we wine glasses in a way is a description i suppose but um they are beautiful glasses and it, you can serve martinis in them but we love our our negronis in them well and, and they are very stylish and i'm just finishing these off now i'm just doing a little peel of orange so again in a built version you'd probably put a little slice of orange in but this we just spritz over a little bit of orange peel over the top of each drink and I guess the other thing we we like about making it this version, which we we discovered over the last year, is you can sort of stir stir up rather a lot and batch it into a bottle and stick that in the fridge, and you, it's good to go. So I'm just going to pass one over to Sandra for her verdict. There you go, my love. Thank you. And uh, cheers. Cheers. Always good. Yum. That's not bad, is it? <laughs> not bad. Even if you do say so yourself. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. Cheers. Cheers. So this is the section where we open up our drinks cabinet. This week, we've got two spirits for you. Gary, what do you have? I've got something here called Young and Wolf Luxury Rum. Now, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It could I think be... you are. Thank you. It could be young, it could be young, but I'm going to go with young. Young and Wolf Luxury Rum. And it literally caught my eye because of the label. I mean, it's got a really beautiful label. So it's so gorgeous. It's an illustration, some guys playing cricket, but not just old dreary cricket on a rainy English day. This is somewhere hot and sunny. There's palm trees in the background. And indeed, it is Barbados. And it really made me feel like I wanted to be there drinking rum. So that's why it caught my eye in the first place. It's that, that beautiful design. Now, what this is, it's actually part of a series of limited editions that Young and Wolf are putting out there. 
The first one is called Trinidad, number one. The second one is Guyana, number two. And this one is Barbados, number three. They're all 43%. And they describe it on the bottle, this particular one, as a creamy and robust and scrumptious drink. Mm. I like the sound. Scrumptious is quite a nice unusual drinks word isn't it it's lovely and uh, so that also caught my eye and yes packaging is important you know whether it's on the back bar or in the shelf in your supermarket but it's what's in the bottle that counts so should we have a little taste Sandra? absolutely i mean they look so inviting and also because we haven't been able to go away i think that it just takes you it does take you to the caribbean land of my people <laughs> and there's something i popped the cork out there and there's something really satisfying about mm. taking a cork out of a bottle and even the moment i opened that cork the room was just filled with this wonderful aroma it's very um very tropical oh, wow that smells super good. super right. delicious i'm going it? in i'm going in that is sunshine in a glass isn't it oh that's it's so it's it is actually i agree with them it is very creamy very very smooth and it's um it's very elegant i would describe that as very elegant i mm. can imagine well absolutely just sipping it but i can also imagine that working really well just over a little ice or making a kind of an old-fashioned with it or Ooh, or yes. or being at that cricket match and just lengthening it with a little sort of soda or some, yeah some ginger yeah ale yeah i think something like that would work really well i wouldn't personally wouldn't go too cocktaily with it because I think that you want to taste those beautiful, beautiful tobacco, a little bit of um, creamy vanilla. There's also toffee in there and you just want to get all of those flavours. So for me, something like a dark and stormy, just add in a really good quality Coca-Cola. Um, you know, one of those artisan ones, it's worth spending a bit of money on the right mixer uh, yeah, just to, to bring out the brilliant, brilliant taste of that. We love that one. We're yeah. keeping that. <laughs> so that is Young and Wolf Luxury Rum. And in this instance, Barbados number three. And you can find it at Hedonism, Harvey Nichols, and from Master of Malt. And of course, if you'd like to find out a little bit more about it, check out our Instagram page, The Cocktail Lovers. Yeah, so you'll be able to see all of the things that we talk about in this podcast on our Instagram feed um, with all of the stockist details, as well as the show notes as well. So that's that's for Jung and Wolf. I'm heading over to Japan. So we are well, traveling around the world. We here. are traveling yeah. around the world. Again, I think it's because we can't. And I think there's something really wonderful to escape to a different country through spirits. So what I'm going for is a range of Soshus by a company called SG Soshu. It's by a bartender called Shingo Gokan, who's a multi-award winning bartender and bar owner from Japan. He has bars in, in Shanghai and Tokyo. And also, I think he's just opened one in New York. But what he's done here, this is his first foray into actual spirits. And he's gone traditional, but giving it a bit of vavavoom, as Thierry Henry would say. And he's taken the soshu, which is a traditional Japanese spirit, as I said. Usually it's um, bottled at 25% ABV and just drunk with food. But what Shingo has done, he's bottled it at 40% ABV to make it something 
the bartenders will use so they can mix them into cocktails. And I really think they're going to do that, not just because it's Shingo that's made them, but because these are really beautiful spirits. So what actually is Shoshu? Shoshu. Because so I assume I know nothing. Okay. Because I know nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> we know. So everybody, well, most people will know sake, and sake is another traditional Japanese spirit. That's distilled from rice. Soshu is distilled from three grains. It can be from rice, it can be from sweet potato, or it can be from barley. And usually what happens is there's a one distiller that is is the king, the don of each particular category. This is actually the first time that all three of those top distillers have come together under one umbrella, which is SG Soshu. And so we've got these wonderful distilled spirits from sweet potato, as I said, barley and rice. So in, in, in layman's terms, I think that it's best to think of the rice one as a gin, the sweet potato one as a rum, and the barley as a whiskey. And those are the ways that you can make them into cocktails. You're going to crack one open. I am. So we're going to go for the sweet potato. Also, I think what's exciting about the fact that it is from Shingo is that with his bars, he's all about perfection. So when we heard he was making spirits, we kind of had incredibly high expectations. And I suspect they're going to exceed those expectations. So which one is this, Sandra? This one is the sweet potato. So that's the one. Ah, interesting, because we've just had a rum. So this is something that is, it's not a rum, but it's something that you can associate with a rum. Definitely, definitely for mixing, I would say, but it is beautiful. It's it's something that takes your taste buds somewhere different you yeah, know that yeah. it makes you think it does make you think and I, but there is a lovely that grainy characteristic is coming through there and and also not just about the spirits we love again we're uh, <laughs> drawn by labels and and packaging but this is absolutely it's stunning, stunning isn't it? it's yeah. um they're in some beautiful apothecary bottles <laughs> i can <laughs> never that, say that, that word, word. Again? <laughs> <laughs> apothecary i think okay well done yeah and um yeah there's something very old-fashioned about them but also modern at the same time so unfortunately you can't get them in europe yet they are available in in asia but um keep an eye out because they will be coming soon but yeah. as we said look on our instagram feed and you can see the bottles and find out where you can get them beautiful so that's our drinks cabinet for this week and now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. My name's Andy Shannon, co-founder of Candra Drinks, and my drink hack is batch in preparation for your party. For more from the cocktail lovers, see our digital and print magazine and make sure that you subscribe. You can find out all about it on our website, thecocktaillovers.com. And also you'll find out where to subscribe for our magazine, which is available four times a year in digital and print. So this week we put on our posh togs and went off to the Savoy. It's a special thing that they're doing at the Savoy. It's actually in the courtyard and it's called Solace at the Savoy, which is a partnership with Beaumont 
single malt Islay whiskey. Yes, it's a pop-up, but you, it actually almost, <laughs> you know, how does the Savoy do pop-ups? Um, in style <laughs> is the answer, in an amazing five-star style. Yeah, Let, let's sort of just try and describe it. If, it. Normally, when you approach the Savoy from the Strand, you, you walk or drive up to that iconic entrance. But what they've done under that awning is create this wonderful kind of terraced space i'd call it like it's, it's kind of like art deco isn't it yeah art deco edwardian style with a bit the, of funk yeah and it's it's so beautiful it feels really elegant very glamorous and also just lovely and easy you can see that people are really taking their time to enjoy it and actually that's part of what the bar's all about that's a key part yeah it? it's yeah. called the art of time the actual bar where they're serving the drinks and as a reminder of this whole time thing there is a timer on your table now that's not to put you off or make you count down the minutes till you've got to vacate it's just this thing to appreciate the time and also the crafting and the quality of the drinks yeah. and, and the food on offer it kind of really makes you you slow down mm. and i think that's the thing about the whole experience and particularly the bow more whiskey it kind of really makes you slow down and appreciate what you're drinking yeah so we'll start with the the setting so we've said that it's under the the awnings yeah but also that iconic fountain that is outside the savoy has been dressed with these beautiful crystal decanters so they're hanging like chandeliers yeah that's what i meant when i said funky it's kind of a little bit unexpected yeah a bit quirky it? yeah quirky. and then they've got these lovely pampas leaves and so the whole thing just feels very indulgent really and i think that anybody that's lucky enough to get a table here and we highly recommend trying to see Absolutely, if there's any yeah. spaces left you know you just appreciate being in this this wonderful space so we're sat at our tables we're taking it all in we order some food first didn't we yeah yeah there was like obviously there's some there's a whole lot of voice for things going on but the seafood in general isn't mm. but we started with this wonderful ritual which they do which is all about oysters and and whiskey but not just any old whiskey obviously it was Balmore that you can choose either from the 12 year old the 15 or the 21 i think we went for the 12 and 15 yes we did and you get three oysters to pair with your whiskey and they guide you through the way to enjoy the whole experience yeah it's it is a ritual and it it's you know there, there's lovely little diagrams playful diagrams on the menu but also as sandra said uh, we got talked through it by you know by the lovely staff there yeah, so you have you have a little slurp of the the oyster brine, then you have a sip of the whiskey, yeah. then you go back and actually have your oyster, yeah. and then you wash the oyster shell with the whiskey and enjoy it that way. And there's something really magical about the the saltiness, the briny stuff it kind of, kind of really does in. evoke the sea doesn't it yeah and yeah. that's the sort of isla whiskey quality because it's very sea salty and just amazing so that set us off beautifully yeah and then we ordered some cocktails we well we are the cocktail lovers so it would have been <laughs> it would have been rude remiss, not to. <laughs> remiss of us but we right. we we sent it we left it for a little bit and then yeah. we did i had a wonderful drink called the golden eye yes. which is bermore 15 some cognac it also had some sweet vermouth campari chocolate bitters and a little spice mix and it was again one of those that sounds really really boozy and probably is but when it's done with the right hands and it's all 
blended beautifully. Yeah. And it came within this wonderful coupe, but it had a, a nice lump of ice in the middle. So it just looked so beautiful and it kept diluting as well, which was really good. Yeah. I, I, and that's the thing is when our drinks arrive together, your one and mine, they looked like they should have been on display sort of uh, uh, high class jewelry yeah, store yeah, yeah, on bond yeah, street they yeah. were the, the glassware is so beautiful yeah. and the drinks look so elegant and that was before we even got our laughing gear around <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is with drinks like that you really do sip and enjoy and sort of put it down and admire the glass and admire the whole thing so it really really worked well yeah. and what did you have i can't remember i went for something called literally called timeless which mm. were, again was the uh, balmore uh, 15 year old there was also some uh, bianco vermouth averna a little bit of angostura aquavit and some sugar so a little bit of a kind of an old-fashioned kind of spin on the drink and again you know it's as i say you know it <laughs> really was delicious mm. and we swapped back and forth between each other's we drinks. always do actually yeah. because we uh, want to know and they both really showcased the spirit so beautifully yeah, didn't they it was great and also because seafood is such a big thing here so we ordered some lovely uh great oh what do you call it like the fruit de mer fruit de mer and but this is what i call a sort of cockney fruit de mer yeah. even though it's five star and it's upmarket but it had it wasn't just like your usual lobster and you know different things like that what it did have with some whelks and mussels and and cockles and Shrimps, shrimp brown yeah, shrimp yeah. it did have some other little bits like some prawns that you would yeah. know and love but it was quite interesting doing this yeah the, yeah. the cockney seafood i guess yeah and again it, it went well they went well with yeah. the whiskey but the highlight for me oh, was yes. definitely, definitely the lobster roll. You saw that being brought out to someone else, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, I love that. If you only order one thing, really and truthfully, no, I'd have the oysters as well Absolutely. and then have the lobster roll. If you only order one thing, order those two <laughs> is what you're trying to say. <laughs> but it's so buttery and rich and indulgent and it really suits the setting. It feels naughty, but taste oh so nice it was delicious yeah <laughs> i'm still tasting it now it was so good so all in all a fabulous experience yeah and then the one last thing to round it off was a beautiful Beaumont 15 ice cream which oh, yes, worked, of yeah, course. Yeah. worked really well and yeah. it, it just sort of finishes the night really beautifully or afternoon indeed mm. so it just was a really nice way to showcase one whiskey in lots of different ways from the cocktails through to the oysters, right through to the ice cream. So we definitely recommend trying to get a table yes. before the pop-up goes and the hotel opens on the 21st of June. So for more details, see thecocktaillovers.com. In every episode of the Cocktail Lovers podcast, one of the things we love doing is taking a look at our personal cocktail library and fetching down one of the books from it and sharing it with you. This week, I've reached for a lovely book called Sip 100 Cocktails with Only Three Ingredients. Wow, I love that on so many levels. <laughs> Loving it already. Um, it's effectively a book by the people behind Sip Smith Gin, hence the play on words in the title Sip. But I would say it's essentially driven by a guy called Jared Brown, 
who, as well as being key in the creation originally of Sipsmith drink, he's also an incredible drinks historian. Mm. Now, there are a number of reasons I love this book, but primarily two reasons. One is I think it really does a brilliant job of opening up the world of gin to gin lovers. You know, the temptation is to go for, you know, gin and tonic, obviously, and a few other gin recipes. But, you know, as as it says on the cover, 100 gin recipes. I know. I mean, that's so great. You have one bottle of gin. A lot of the time that people buy a spirit and they just sort of think that they they can't do that much with it. But one bottle of gin, yeah. hundred recipes. I know. Let's, let's let's work our way through it from the <laughs> beginning to the end, and then we'll report back to you. But um, no, it's full of great recipes. And the second reason I really like it is that simplicity of three ingredients. I think that's another thing that we've often found personally is you look at a recipe and you like the sound of it, but there's like six or seven ingredients and you kind of, there's one obscure one you haven't got, and then you mean to get it at the supermarket or whatever. But the fact that kept it to just three ingredients is in itself very enticing and again i think it makes it really appealing for the home bartender in terms of the design and look of the book it's a nice simple workmanlike book with a lovely design lovely photography and the sort of thing you're as likely to keep in the kitchen as you are in the library i guess and it's broken down into four very accessible sections really simple classics occasions and new takes The first, as it says on uh, the title, really simple, does exactly what it says on the tin, you know, how to make a good gin and tonic, you know, why not have a recipe for that? So we all know how to make it perfectly. It's one of those things that people think it's very simple, but there are ways to do things and actually get the ultimate joy out of them. And, you know, it's good to, good to really get back to basics sometimes. Yeah. I think you can't go wrong when you actually follow a proper recipe. And I think that's what's good. And also in the section, there's something which again, I'd kind of had in the past, but never made at home, a gin and it, super, super simple, gin, sweet vermouth and orange bitters. Couldn't be more easy. We tried this one out and it is delicious and dead easy to make at home. So as I say, there's other sections like the classics, which includes dry martinis and agronis, but also there's lovely little insights. And I think this is where Jared's experience as a brilliant drinks historian comes in. So for instance, there's a cosmopolitan, which you know we always assume you make with vodka. Surprise, surprise. Actually, the original version, Jared tells us, was made with gin. Mm. So, you know, there's just enough history to kind of open your eyes. But it's it's very much a mixing book. As I say, it's full of accessible ideas. There's lovely little touches like a reverse martini where instead of lots of gin and a little vermouth, there's lots of vermouth and a little gin. So things that you might not necessarily tried before you can. I could Go on and on, you know, things like a, a stout Negroni. I haven't tried God, that yet. That yeah, a Negroni with bonkers. stout. It <laughs> does, but we will definitely be giving that one a go. So, yes, it's a book that we go back to again and again, and we would recommend for the home bartender. This is a book that you will love going back to again and again. Yeah. It's published by Octopus Books at £15.99. And you can find out more details on our Instagram, The Cocktail Lovers and our website, thecocktaillovers.com. So for our very first how-to, we're super thrilled to be joined by Agostino Parone, Giorgio Baggiani, and Maura Milia from the Connaught Bar in London, oh, our sure. absolute favourite bar. So of the many, many awards the team have picked up in the 12 years that it's been open, 
They include the world's best cocktail bar, world's best hotel bar, best international bar team, and international bartender of the year for Agostino. They've also been awarded best personal service for the Connaught Martini experience. And as huge fans of said martinis, that's something we wholeheartedly agree with. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, team, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on board. And before we get on to your invaluable how-tos, Ago, can you tell us about the Connaught Martini experience? And also, how many of the many Connaught bar guests would you say go for this? Thank you, uh, Sandra and Gary, first of all, for uh, having us in uh, the first episode of the Cocktail Lovers podcast. We are uh, very, very thrilled and uh, honored to be here and sharing with you and the listener about uh, our martinis. So, um, what is about the Cono Martini? It's a, it's a truly customizable, uh, tailor-made, uh, made-to-measure experience, uh, with, uh, uh, which the guests really feel part of uh, the process of, uh, a, of the martini uh, mixing. But also, they can interact as well, they can really participate into creating their own flavor, their own uh, preference of uh, martini, according many different uh, uh, factors. Uh, the mood, so if they need something relaxing because they had a tough day or a tough week, or they need something uplifting, or they need something to refresh, whatever it might be the mood, we have the solution for them. And as well, according uh, if there is a special celebration or other uh, special event that might be uh, taking them to the Cono Bar, we are uh, ready to to make a martini for them accordingly. Or they just visit the bar every single day because we have a lot of regular. They love they love the Cono Bar as a, their regular bar. I think this is uh, one of the factors that really attracts uh, our. Uh, guest uh, um, to have the martini experience um, as I said is uh, the element to having uh, diversification in the in something that could look on paper a simple drink a mix of uh, two ingredients but because of the interaction that we have um, between the bartender and the guest because of the selection of the different bitters that uh, can give different uh, a rise of aromas and flavor to the martini uh, make this uh, cocktail a very uh, wonderful and uh, creative way to please your palate every single moment of the day. Marvelous. Wow. Makes me want to have one right, right now. now. <laughs> me too, actually. <laughs> so I think it's actually what you just said there, Ego, if we could pick up on that, actually, moving on to our... Um, tips for making uh, a great dry martini at home. Um, as you said, you know, it's simple in a way because there's only a couple of key ingredients, but in a way, it's for home mixers like us, it can be really daunting trying to make a great dry martini at home. So let's start uh, with the big question. And if I could just stay with you briefly, Ago. Stirred or shaken, and what's the difference? And why do we tend to go for a stirred martini? 
Okay, Gary, don't put yourself down because I'm very sure that you know how to mix a martini at home. So, <laughs> but let, let's uh, let's answer this question for uh, many people that uh, they might uh, be in the beginning. Um, so the the main difference of a uh, shaken and stir martini is uh, how James Bond like it or used to like it. They used to like it shaken. And since he started to visit the Kono bar, he liked it stirred. So technique of uh, mixing a cocktail and martini is uh, is one of the key to um, to obtain the final uh, texture. Therefore, uh, how the flavor they mix together. Shaking a cocktail, I mean the, the words shake already uh, implicated to agitate something. You know, mix ingredient with uh, more energy, uh, ensuring that the ice. Uh, create aeration and uh, dilution, and as well mix the ingredient, as I just said. Where stirring technique is a much more gentle way to mix the ingredient. Being more gentle in mixing the ingredient, you will obtain a, a silkier texture, and uh, you will have a slightly different uh, ratio of uh, dilution and temperature as well. So you can really experiment at home having the same, exactly the same recipe ratio of uh, your uh, favorite uh, martini cocktail. And you really can try shaken versus stirred and you will have uh, two different experiences on the palate. I would say that shaken is perhaps uh, lighter in flavor and uh, easier to drink and uh, fresher. When uh, the stirred, as we do at the Conno Bar, is elegant, silky, so allow all the aroma to really stay on the palate, coat the palate, and uh, deliver a very long last uh, aftertaste. Mm, delicious. And Mauro, <laughs> can you tell us about the all-important ingredients? So people tend to go for, well, these days more gin, but also vodka. What are the difference? What types of martinis would you say? And also, what what do people tend to go for more at your bar? Well, I guess it's always very personal in terms of choosing the spirit, either it's, either it's gin or vodka. Uh, mostly, I think our guests, they go for a gin. I will go myself for gin. I'm a I'm very passionate about gin martinis. It's definitely a little bit more, I would say, not complex, but has a mouthfeel of flavors when it comes to a, a gin martini. And I have to choose my uh, my gin. Vodka is is a, a great spirit because you can play a little better when it comes to choosing our bitters, probably. So our guests can play a little bit with our fragrances. Uh, otherwise, it's really personal. But definitely the trend is uh, gin. I would say, yes. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, what about just briefly on the vermouth? Um, sometimes that's sort of a bit of an afterthought, but uh, any any sort of thoughts on what we should be doing, what we should be going for with our vermouth? Well, vermouth is really important. And uh, uh, we do a blend of vermouth because we want to create the perfect balance of uh, dryness and uh, a, a bit of uh, uh, sweetness and aromas. Um, we use uh, Martini Extra Dry, we use uh, Noli Prat, and, uh, and we use uh, another, another uh, white vermouth just to give a nice balance. It, it really depends what also people have in their houses. We don't want to like mention 
any particular brand. It's just really depending on on uh, what people have in the cabinet. I uh, I like it quite dry, so we'll definitely if I, I at home I only have dry vermouth, so I'll uh, I'll go for a dry dry uh, gin uh, gin martini. Yes. To bring Giorgio in. Bitters are a very big part of your serve at Connell. You, I know you have a, a lovely selection of bitters. But again, at home, should we be thinking about bitters or should we keep it simple with just the vermouth and the, the spirit? What, what, what would you advise? So, dear uh, podcast lovers, uh, my, my point of view on bitters uh, and when it's down to home martini um, is very much connected because our martini is all about personalization and conversation. We use the martini as, uh, as an element to go to our guests and discuss their taste and their preferences. So imagine, you know, hosting a party at home, the bitter will come in as not just an extra layer of ingredient that you can add to your creation, but also a topic of conversation with your guest. And in your case, a beautiful couple, Sandra is the guest of Gary, and Gary is the guest of Sandra. So the bitter is something that makes the martini never obvious in conversations. Even though the martini cocktail is probably the most personalized, the most bespoke of the cocktails, because everyone has got, I like olive, I like lemon, I like... Uh, more vermouth, less vermouth, stir, shake, and gin, vodka. There are so many variances. But what we, be, what we believe at the Conod Bar, that the bitter creates this personalization that is very personal. It's very, how can I say, we, we, make the, the, we make the people smell the bitter, so their senses react to that. So imagine you hosting your friends at home and, and invite them to smell the latest bitter that you buy. But also, going back to the bitters, so I know that you yeah. do this wonderful um, experience with your bitters in, in the bar, but at home, what would you say, because we can't go through all of that, we can't have, yeah, yeah. people don't have a library of bitters. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. What would you say? At home, you know, like, you can certainly go for a classic without bitter, but I will probably find one and defining the signature of the house. Right, okay. So, like, I know that when I visit Sandra and Gary, they always offer me this beautiful uh, grapefruit bitter or orange. I, I will certainly start with uh, a more um, known flavor. Again, orange, grapefruit, there are some, you know, aromatic bitter out there. I wouldn't go crazy, especially when at home we start with the martini creation. But probably it will add the signature element, no? make you feel as a home bartender, make you feel as, okay, this is my signature martini recipe, rather than having a selection as we do. But again, putting this recipe as the signature one will give the, um, the excuse to talk about the martini in a in a convivial situation. Perfect. Okay, so we go back to Agone now. Um, we're talking about ratios because again, we we say with the martini, it is a very simple drink 
on paper. It's just three ingredients, two if you take away the bitters. But it's one of the most difficult drinks to, to create and also to personalize as well. So what we wanted to talk to about here are ratios. What would you say is, it's again, very personal, but what's a good balance to, for people to start with? Yeah, ratio is very important uh, because uh, allow the, I would say, three ingredients to blend together because we consider the spirit, the ingredient, the vermouth, the ingredient, but also the dilution, the ice is part of a key ingredient, taking the bitter side of the equation for the moment. So a, a little uh, a little general knowledge for those that might not know about uh, what is a very dry martini, naked martini, and a wet martini. The difference is in, uh, in the proportion, in the ratio between the spirits and uh, the vermouth. So a naked martini is uh, just a spirit, stirred or shaken, or from the freezer, uh, according to your uh, favorite preferences. A dry martini, classic dry martini, has uh, way more uh, amount of uh, spirits than vermouth. Wet martini, you start to lower the amount of spirits and increase the amount of vermouth. What is one, one of my personal favorite is a uh, 50-50, which is uh, equal part. But what we do at the Conobar is a proportion of uh, five to one because uh, allow the, um, the gin or the vodka to shine through with the, the, their big personality. And at the same time, the vermouth and uh, all the uh, botanical herbs which are in the vermouth blend that we create uh, helps to enhance uh, and support uh, the botanicals of the gene and or the taste profile of the vodka. So it's really down to uh, experimenting which is your favorite ratio at home. As a starting point, I would say start uh, five to one. So let's say it's five to one. You mean five parts gin or vodka to one part vermouth? Exactly. So uh, the bar is a 75 of spirits and 15 of uh, vermouth. According to the glassware that you use, you can, uh, you know, uh, multiply or, or, or lower the quantity, always keeping the proportion. But uh, as well, then uh, according to that, uh, if it's stirred or shaken, it makes a big difference. So. As, as we said already a few, few times today, it looks very easy on paper. Gin or vodka and vermouth, and then the garnish. But in reality, the, 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 the variance that can make a, a martini different from the other one, they're very subtle, but the difference is very big. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Right. Actually, if I could just come back to Giorgio and pick up on a point that you, that Ago made, uh, which is that ice is almost like a, an ingredient in, in itself. So, Giorgio, what would you say about the type of ice we should be using in our mixing glasses? You know, is it okay to use those big chunks from our that we make at home in the freezer, or should we buy from the supermarket? What should we be looking for in the type of ice that we put in our mixing glass? So, so ice is crucial for a drink like a martini. We believe that all the stir cocktail that they have only, I don't know, spirit and vermouth, spirit and bitters such as yeah martini but even manhattan or fashion they need the crystal clear ice to improve their texture i mean to preserve rather than improve 
because using a, a bad quality ice like supermarket one is not really the best option you should go for will definitely affect the texture of your liquid and reduce the flavor experience in your mouth so the best and probably not very hard to to make way to get the best ice is to do it at home in your freezer with an insulated container which sounds very technical but it's just uh, you know like a picnic box like on on amazon if you can if we can sponsor it on amazon there are uh, six liters picnic box that you they are not even expensive i i, I believe they are less than 20 pounds you can put it in in the bottom uh, drawer of your freezer open with the top open uh, for 24 to 30 hours depends uh, depends on the temperature of your freezer and you get a, a slice of crystal clear ice it, it's extremely easy to make because you know you put it in the freezer you forget about it for a day you take it out you need, you need to chip a bit with a bread knife but uh, the the crystal clear ice is for the martini for us is is crucial you know because there are many good jeans out there and they're boot made by masters you know there are more and more organic shops where you can buy very good italian lemons for your garnishes and olive as well but the ice is something that we we ask our uh, our friends and guests and whoever uh, you know want to make a martini like ours uh, to put an effort on it and, and and follow this procedure Perfect. That's a great tip. Maura, we're back to you now. And on to the stirring, the all-important stirring. So we're we're talking about stirring in a mixing glass, obviously. Um, What are we looking for? What are people looking for to know that they're getting a good stir and a good dilution? What tips could you give them? Well, when I was taught how to make a very good martini uh, by Iago... (laughs) Hopefully by now, yes. <laughs> it, the dilution is important, so stirring. Uh, I would say thir- about 30 seconds as soon as uh, the you feel that the mixing glass is getting cold, quite like your hands are really cold. That means that it's ready. You probably, if you have, if, if people don't have a mixing glass at home, they can even use a thin. So as soon as the thing gets super, super cold and your hands are freezing, that means that it's ready and uh, it has to be quite uh, consistent as a stir. Try not to mix it as a soup, but just more to take, you know, the ice and stir around the glass, around the thin and just keep doing it for like about, yes, 30 seconds until, until by now, I think we feel it by heart when it's ready, a martini. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there is no need to count or whatsoever. But for people that will make it at home, just yeah, probably just do that little uh, counting and fill it with the hands when it's really cold. And it means that uh, it's probably ready. But not overstir it, I would say. Otherwise, the dilution is too much diluted, and obviously, wouldn't be that uh, balanced as uh, as it should be. Back to the ice again. We keep coming back to the ice when we're talking about the mixing glass. How much ice should you have in the mixing glass to get a good dilution and a good chill factor? So it's very important to have always way more ice than the liquid. If the liquid is higher than the ice, then it, there is something wrong. 
Yes. So always the mixing glass has to be full of ice to the top and um, in order to have properly a, a nice a nice dilution and uh, not to not too diluted, not too watery. Otherwise it gets uh, it's quite tricky because it's not it doesn't give the same the same smoothness, I would say. Okay. Good. Amazing. And then that's uh, coming back to you, Ago. On so we've got our lovely stirred martini in our mixing glass. We're ready to to strain it off into our glasses. Any thoughts on the type of glassware we should use, and also how important is it to chill our glassware? Glassware is a uh, is a key into into a drinking experience. Like uh, plates and the cutlery are key in, uh, into dining experience, because uh, well, first of all. The tactile sense already play a very big important role in how your brain perceive what you're handling and uh, what uh, is your expectation for uh, the drink that inside uh, the is inside the glass. So uh, personally, we recommend to have a, a glass which is uh, thin enough. To be very pleasant when uh, when you place it on your lips, you don't want to have it too thick. Otherwise, uh, already your expectation will be different. And uh, when you add all the silky texture uh, uh, from the chilled martini in the coming to your mouth, uh, you know your brain was ready to something else. So thinner is the glass, the better is, and uh, a chilled glass is very important because. Uh, will allow the preservation of the temperature of the martini. So you don't want to have a thermic shock to have a very chilled martini under zero degrees to put in a room temperature glass or warm glass um, with just uh, ruin all the effort that you made before steering uh, or uh, shaking your drink. So we've got our drink in our glass. We're almost there. So uh, Mara, what about uh, garnish? Olives, twists, are they important? What do they bring? Yeah, oh, definitely very important. I'm a lover of lemons, especially the Amalfi ones. Um, <laughs> obviously, what else? Olive is definitely something that mm, people like when it comes to give a little uh, umami taste, uh, savory notes to the to the martini. Lemons, it really enhances all the uh, citrusiness and the essential oils uh, con- contained in the, in the skin of the lemon. So a little squeeze of the peel just to, just to uh, let out all these beautiful aromas. And uh, it's a beautiful um, addition to the final uh, to the final uh, product of the martini, especially when it comes to gin. I always always go for a lemon twist to to complement to complement the aromas. Uh, perhaps a vodka martini. I will uh, I will have it with a uh, with an olive to have a little bit more of a robust uh, um, flavors in uh, in my palate like a little bit of savory notes, but uh, otherwise uh, I will definitely always go for a gin martini with a lemon twist, possibly uh, the Amalfi lemons. <laughs> it's actually easy, sorry, but now lately it's easier and easier to find uh, shops that they sell the Amalfi lemons rather than before. And it does make a big difference to the drink. I think it really makes it feel special, but there's also that lovely freshness that you can't get with 
the bog standard supermarket level. Yes, absolutely not. You can, if, I mean, you experienced at the Connaught Bar when you're sitting and we squeeze the lemon from behind the trolley and the aroma goes straight uh, towards the table, like a meter and a half apart. So it, it definitely does make a big difference. May I add something on the lemon factor from supermarkets? Ensure that you buy unwaxed lemons. Or, or oranges. So if you want to be playful as well, you can try with orange, lime peel, mandarin peel, but always get unwaxed uh, because otherwise you're going to get a wax in your, in your drink. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. That's not very pleasant at all. Okay, so lastly, we have one last question. Yeah, um, so we've, we've been through the whole process. Thank you. Uh, Echo, we're sort of almost leaving the last word to you. Uh, something that I think is a very important part of your serve that I think you should share with all of us that we do when we make any martini at home. How should we do it? Well, uh, in one sentence, is one sentence you know that is a straight up with style and don't forget the smile. Well, what does it mean? It means that uh, a martini, as any cocktail, uh, can be very well executed, uh, technically. However, the way how you entertain your guests at home is very important. The way how you make them feel comfortable, how you cheer with them, how you involve them into the process of the drink that you're making, uh, specifically for them is the key. So the attitude, uh, body language, if you want, um, just be natural, be smiley. And uh, let it transpire that you are enjoying the fact that you're mixing a martini. Fantastic. Absolutely. And we'll go to Giorgio for the last roundup. To, if you can just recap, what are the essential tips to make the ideal martini at home? Absolutely, Sandra. So choosing your favorite craft gin or vodka. Then select a good Italian vermouth, preferably dry or extra dry. And once it's open, keep it in the fridge because vermouth is a wine, so need to be stored in the fridge. As I explained earlier on, make sure you have a good ice container, mold, box to create your own perfect and crystal clear ice to stir the martini in the Connaught way, ideal is to have a mixing glass and pour the ingredient over ice, over a lot of ice, in the proportion of five parts of spirit, 75 ml. So when I say spirit, I mean gin or vodka and 15 ml of uh, vermouth. If you want to be you know, unique, find your signature bitter, as you said. That's not mandatory, but uh, it's, it's definitely something you can add to it. You stir it straight up with style without forgetting your big smile. Certainly improve the final result. And again, according to your preferences, to the spirit that you use, garnish it with an unwaxed Amalfi lemon or in general an organic lemon peel or a green olive with a stone. And serve a little container, you know, for the for the stone to be discarded, you know, like we always look at five-star service in that sense. Uh, in a chilled glass with an appealing rim, 
when I say appealing green to to come back on what Argo said, something that please your lips while you're drinking. Put on Frank Sinatra or Louis Armstrong or James Bond if you shake your martini close to a fireplace and you know heaven heaven or heaven or heart does exist. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. So we recommend to everybody as well as enjoying the perfect martini made at home, make sure that you visit the Connaught Bar to experience the Connaught Bar martini trolley for yourself. And we look forward to seeing you guys there. And uh, we look forward to using your amazing tips for each other at home. Thank you. Thank you. Right, now we want to share something very, very, very special with you. Yes, it's a special spirit and there's also a special competition. And this is how it works. The spirit in question is the limited edition Royal Salute 21-year-old Polo Estancia edition. Now, this is the fourth release from the annual Royal Salute Polo collection a tribute to Argentina as an iconic polo location. And it really is such a great place for polo. And also, this is an exceptional whiskey which celebrates polo. Yeah, the thing is, we absolutely love Royal Salute whiskies anyway. We've been enjoying them for a number of years. And we've also been fortunate enough to try this latest release. Yeah, we wouldn't let you have something that we didn't think was suitable for your palates. Yes, we've done the research. (laughs) And yes, let me tell you, once again, it really is a truly exceptional whisky. It's the first Scotch whisky from Royal Salute to be fully finished in the finest Malbec wine cask from Argentina. It's also been expertly crafted by the one and only Royal Salute master blender, Mr. Sandy Hislop. And what he's done is taken the whisky's signature house style and introduced it with the flavours of Argentina. So it's a delicious product and it comes in a wonderful piece of packaging featuring the unique Royal Salute flagon. Mm. Yeah. We I know these flagons are really cool actually. They're those sort of they're collectors items, I'd say. Yeah, we love them. And this is on sale now and it's available to buy at £165. But you could also win one. Yes, you could win one of these limited editions thanks to our friends at Royal Salute who have very kindly offered to gift a bottle to one of our lucky listeners. It's a simple competition and all you have to do for details is take a look at our Instagram, The Cocktail Lovers, or visit our website, thecocktaillovers.com. Closing date for entries is 28th of June, 2021, and we'll be announcing the winner on our website. And please make sure that you're over 18 before you enter. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cocktail Lovers podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please tell your friends and make sure you never miss another episode by simply subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. For more details on the people, places and products mentioned today, head over to our website, thecocktaillovers.com.